a little less than our normal crowd, but uh, for every one of you who are here, uh, thank you. Um, I do have the YouTube up, so I can see comments over there. Um, although it is not behaving. Let me see if I just need to refresh yeah, it. Mine looks like it's buffering as well on YouTube, but yeah. it says it's uh, streaming okay. All right, I'll give it another refresh here in a few minutes. And the um, stream health is good, so yeah, I don't, I agree. It's kind of goofy, but I don't know why. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, but uh, to everybody who are here, uh, welcome. Um, hopefully you guys can see us. Um, my name is Josh, I'm Cujo. Uh, I think most everybody here has been to a meeting before, So, but if you haven't, uh, just do the rounds with introductions. We also have Dan up there. Um, uh, and we got Dave down below, who's uh, away from his normal streaming uh, setup, but uh, coming in uh, loud and clear. So uh, you're in Pennsylvania, Dan? Or Hello. Dave? In the outskirts of Philadelphia. Yes, I am. Perfect. So um, I did want to open up the uh, show tonight with um, some information from DJI. And I'm going to see, let me see if I can get this to work here. Uh, here we go. Um, so uh, sharing my screen here uh, is from DJI's actual website, not their store, but their actual um, company website. And if you search uh, on their website for DJI digital FPV uh, system, um, you get this little pop-up um that says that the dji digital fpv system is no longer in production for the latest in dji technology please view our product recommendations below all right um yeah it does seem to be pretty confused at the moment um i do have a little bit of an article from drone dj regarding this and i'll drop that link in here um, but i also have it up on my live view here uh, it says DJI's original FPV combo discontinued or updated. So they go over the same thing that I just went over. If you uh, go to the old FPV system, you'll be greeted with the with the pop-up. And it says the wording isn't very clear. Are they abandoning their original FPV series? Is there an Air Unit V2 on the horizon? Earlier this year, DJI stopped producing the V1 FPV goggles in favor of the V2 FPV goggles, which are compatible with V1 Air Units and Vistas. It stirred up some confusion, but quickly settled down once the DJI FPV drone leaks started surfacing. Uh, Cadix has made a statement on their Facebook page. They have reassured us that they will still be producing Vistas and Air Units. They've also turned our attention towards a global chip shortage. This seems to be a, a particularly a problem with imaging sensors, and some suppliers have told retailers to expect delays. Yeah, I really think uh, it's interesting how Cadex said they're going to continue making the air units and Vistas, where I didn't really know well, what, and, what, that. That seems confusing. Well, I mean, here's the thing, is that Cadex is, has licensed that technology from DJI, right? So Yeah, but um, they don't I make would... the air units. Or are no. they going to? Or yeah, what does that mean? Or is that just a poor translation? It might be a poor translation kind of thing. Um, where I mean they they don't produce air units themselves. They produce the Vistas, right? And the yeah. is there a smaller version of the Vista? It's been a while since I've looked. Well, there's a Vista uh, that um, comes with different cameras. But yeah. Okay, gotcha. So I don't have a DJI system, so um, I'm still flying analog. 
But uh, it says, could DJI be working on their own version of the Vista, a smaller, lighter air unit? Could the next version contain tech from their FPV drone? Or perhaps they've just stopped manufacturing the air units themselves and are leaving it to third-party manufacturers like Cadex. Up until now, Cadex has only ever made the Vista. Um, but in their Facebook post, they said they will continue pr- to produce the Cadex Vista kit and air unit. Um, obviously, uh, they've reached out to DJI for comment and are awaiting response. They did say that DJI never comments on unreleased products, so it's tough to know for sure what this all means. Um, could there be a V2 air unit FCC leak in the days or weeks to come? And says we can't be, f- uh, can't say for sure, but when we know, they'll tell you. So um, I would probably just keep an eye out on um, Drone DJ. Uh, they're usually pretty good at uh, staying ahead on the news, and uh, uh, especially on some leak stuff that comes out of DJI. Uh, I've posted some of their stuff here before. So, I mean, I don't know what it means. Dave, you got some ideas on what's yeah, going if on? I, if I would uh, uh, add that, um, you know, uh, from a personal level, uh, I I've, uh, I'm cutting over to uh, DJI Digital FPV, not the drone. And so, if they do stop uh, production on the version one of their uh, system, that would be upsetting, and that would leave uh, I think a, a lot of us uh, stranded. And from a product perspective, and sure, we could uh, you know, figure out ways to make uh, a V2 for you know enough money and uh, uh, re rekitting it into. Uh, uh, carbon fiber frames, mm-hmm. but it would be frustrating. Um, I do. Uh, I also want to mention that uh, you know, while this, you know, while we're uh, we're also uh, looking and uh, asking for uh, comments on this, I just want to remind everyone that DJI has been uh, steadfast in uh, amazing support for recreational and small commercial. So they uh, they have helped uh, us in uh, FPVFC as well as uh, small commercial folks. So. We'll see uh, what happens through this, and uh, uh, I'm hoping that uh, they do uh, create a future in the uh, uh, digital FPV. I thought the design slice of where they chose when they came out with the, uh, the unit was brilliant to uh, allow us to continue to use the frames and motors and uh, flight controllers that we wanted to, as well as the ESCs, and then uh, pick up uh, their own uh, C2 and uh, video uh, capability. So yeah, I'd be very sad see. if they do actually discontinue it with no replacement in the future. But I'll yeah. also be happy just to keep flying what I have. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as long as the the units are still functional and you can still do what you need to do. Now, Dave, do you? I mean, as somebody that comes from a big corporation, do you feel like the market share in FPV would be too small for a company like DJI to continue to produce this stuff? It's it's on the edge. I mean, you know, if we our estimates are around 200,000 uh, total. So in order to produce uh, you know, a high volume uh, ASIC, you're usually you want to see something in the millions of units, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't have that. Right. So it's uh, uh, the fact that they're uh, they're probably able to uh, reuse uh, a lot of you know the flight controller hardware. You know that I've n- I have not taken uh, the, the devices apart, but it would not surprise me that if Portions of their printed circuit boards are identical from in from smaller to larger um, uh, drones. That, I mean, that would just be a good common sense. It's uh, possible they're using so, that same ASIC in the air unit that they're now using in the DJI drone or the FPV drone potentially. Exactly. And 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 there are probably lots of components and 
components of software that they use in the Mavics as well. Interesting. Uh, Elias says acquisition of Chinese UAS products are still restricted within the DOD except for a few specific applications. Right. Yeah. All right. So uh, next I have uh, an article from Drone Life. Uh, I know Tyler uh, posted about this. Uh, oh, it was probably about a week or two ago. Um, <clears throat> that he has moved forward and filed a uh, lawsuit with the DC Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, and uh, this is an article um, from Drone Life uh, regarding, it's an interview uh, with uh, Tyler and his attorney regarding what's going on. Um, and uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this because, you know, obviously this is big news for um, FPV. So, um, I'm interested. I have not seen a brief come out yet in terms of uh, specifically what they're going after, but this does answer some questions um, in regards to kind of what they're looking at. Uh, one of the questions down towards the bottom, and I apologize, I'm skipping through you know a bunch of the regular stuff that a lot of us already know about remote ID. Um, but uh, uh, the interviewer, Don, says, fast forward to the final remote ID rule. It was released on the 28th of December 2020, but officially published on uh, the 15th of January in 2021 in the Federal Register. The network solution was scrubbed. What was your reaction? And Tyler responded, there was no logical A to B step from the NPRM to the final rule. We learned network ID was not ready yet, and that's why we got this rule that surprised everyone. It did not resemble what was originally proposed. We would have picked a broadcast solution, but nonetheless, it does not make what happened in the process okay. And then Jonathan, who's uh, the attorney, says, my initial reaction was, this isn't so bad. What's the catch? The catch, as we later discerned, is that network ID is still coming and that it's still being developed. It just isn't ready yet. It will likely come back on the table. There's a lot we also don't know about how CBOs will be selected, how difficult it will be to obtain FRIA designations, how hard it'll be for manufacturers to obtain approvals to lawfully fly. We also don't know the real costs to the drone community in terms of economic impact. And Tyler says again, FPV and hobbyists were not listened to. The issue still remains for the remote ID broadcast to be either hardwired or attached to the drone and we'd still have to fly in FRIAs. Um, so I, I think, I'm not sure. I think I see things a little differently from what Tyler's saying here. Um, but at the same time, I see kind of where they're coming from in terms of the network solution uh, was kind of left on the table in terms of it's an option down the road. And, and the FAA has even said, said such um, in their response. And um, so many of the, the remote ID pieces of the remote ID have the disclaimer of not at this time kind of thing tagged on to them. Exactly. And, and so I can, I, I, I definitely see that as concerning. So, um, but uh, um, I would like yeah, to see, we, go ahead, Dave. I believe some of uh, the case that um, Tyler uh, is bringing forward is that he rejects the entire notion of remote ID. Mm -hmm. And he's, uh, uh, one of the primary grounds he's working on is the lack of constitutionality of uh, remote ID. Mm -hmm. um, our view is that those are long shots. Um, and, uh, 
uh, we point to uh, the work that we've done and the success we've had in uh, moving and changing uh, regulations uh, with a more collaborative approach. Um, in addition, the, the notion of network wasn't ready, uh, that, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't play, uh, with, uh, what, I, what, what I know, what I've been working on. Uh, I mentioned we signed up, or I signed up to be a member of the, uh, ASTM, American Society, Society Tables and Measures, and that's an international standards organization, and where I'm helping out on the remote ID, uh, uh, standard, which will be updated and provided to the FAA, which will make it easier. It will become a means of compliance, and so creating a remote ID module or a drone will, will then only be required to come up with a, uh, de uh, de a declaration of compliance. So the, um, the standard and a, a lot of work was done and was certainly ready and have, coming up with a network technology for remote ID was not difficult. Uh, it, it's certainly within the technology of today. Uh, what is uh, out in time is a uh, an unmanned uh, uh, traffic management network. And that is where we definitely see net, some type of network capability. And it could be a combination of RID that's a beacon, uh, and then the beacon is picked up and then uh, uh, put into a network so that people across the network have an understanding of where a variety of uh, drones are, not just drones within the radius of the uh, the, uh, the beacon that uh, produces the IRD signal. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with, uh, uh, with race day quads. Uh, we certainly mm -hmm. have taken, taken a different approach. Did you see that yeah, they but... were on okay. the, um, they did a live stream Q and a with uh, SUAS news last week. I did see that they did that. I didn't have a chance to okay. watch it. And I also know that Joshua Bardwell interviewed, I think, both of them as well. Uh, though okay. I don't think he's posted that video yet, but he said it was coming soon. Okay. Very good. We'll look for that. Absolutely. Um, you know, I will say, you know, um, we do, uh, you know, I, I don't feel at this point that remote ID is, you know, it, it it's an, a definitely an about face for what we were expecting. Um, and I don't feel like it's onerous on its face, um, you know, but at the same time, uh, we do, uh, you know, wish Tyler luck with what he's doing. And if it yields results, fantastic. Um, and we do appreciate that. So um, this, uh, let's see. I keep forgetting to link some of these for direct <laughs> access to people. Yeah, so um, what's up next? All right. So we have um, the MCSO unveils a new drone unit, the newest tool in the fight against crime. So this comes out of uh, uh, Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office, has a new tool in the fight against crime. Deputies debuted their drone unit on Tuesday, March 23rd. Two new drones owned by the sheriff's department are taking flight. Let's say there's a fleeing subject and the drone was in the air, uh, and the drone was in the air. You can track that fleeing subject with the drone. Now officers can safely get to that person. Tuesday's demonstration shows how drones will be used on the job. Now with the technology, we're able to see someone in the back corner. Body heat scans can alert deputies if someone is hiding in the dark or behind doors. 
the Mavic 2 Enterprise is your new ally in the sky. Uh, eight pilots staff the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Drone Unit. Uh, Sergeant Bilda is their commander. He said each drone costs $4,000. They can travel 45 miles an hour, 400 feet in the air, and can be flown from five miles away. Uh, we want to increase officer safety by utilizing the drones to map crime scenes, uh, crash scenes, and providing an overall aerial view of developing incident in real time. Do they have Builder their points. Beyond Visual Line of Sight waiver? You know, and I was just going to mention that as <laughs> you know, as a caveat to this. Uh, I don't know that uh, they're going to be flying these five miles away. Um, if they do, they've got wanna... really good eyes. Yeah. Right. Uh, we want to increase officer safety by utilizing the drones to map crime scenes, crash. Uh, I think I covered that. Um, so one of the things I see, uh, and I don't have a link to it, but I saw it earlier this week and I forgot to save it, was um, there's an increased push for like a no warrant, no drone kind of thing. And I've talked to police specifically here in the Phoenix area. Um that uh, would put a drone as an extension of the officer's eyes. And I, I forget what the term is. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not in law enforcement. But um, I think it's basically like what's in plain sight or plain view. And when it starts to, when you start extending the officer's uh what's in plain view range, you start to get a little murky in terms mm -hmm. of what's possible. Yeah, and like Tech uh, Jet said there, there was a recent, uh, I don't know what what happened, but the police used a drone to catch somebody doing yeah. something, and they decided it was not admissible in court because there was no search warrant. Exactly. So, um, and I've been seeing this kind of stuff going around. and But in terms of, I, I mean, I would, on the second, on you know, kind of a, as a second point, I would... I would presume far beyond now that using like a, a drone to map a accident or, you know, God forbid something tragic, like a, you know, like a bombing or, uh, you know, maybe a shooting or something like that to map evidence at a high definition. I mean, a drone would come into, you know, a massive amount of use. Um, and be a, a very, uh, unique tool to be able to, that's the video. Thank you, TextJet. I appreciate that. Um, so, um, you know, and I've also thought that, you know, tracking a, a subject through public, you know, public streets and, and whatnot would be a, a good use. But at the same time, you know, um, it would be interesting to figure out the see the legalities that some of these uh, police organizations are dropping through. It says, Bilda says the drones will never be used to violate someone's Fourth Amendment rights to privacy. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting as some of these court cases with the use of drones start uh, coming in. So, all right. Uh, on, on go ahead. Point, uh, one of the things that working on the some of the... Uh, Drone Advisory Committee tasking groups, the latest one on uh, improving situational awareness and flying at low altitude, had the pleasure of working with um, uh, law enforcement helicopter officers from Florida, Texas, as well as the uh, Coast Guard, uh, a senior member in the, in the Coast Guard. And all three of these uh, gentlemen have worked in combination with drones and helicopters. 
Mm-hmm. And so their perspective is fantastic, and they are all very supportive of uh, not just uh, commercial or uh, public safety drones, but also recreational. So it's a, a nice uh, breath of fresh air that we're working with uh, folks who are very, very serious, and some are medevac, and some are law enforcement, including search and rescue, and of course, um, rescues with the Coast Guard, and they are very knowledgeable as well as very supportive of recreational. So a nice, uh, when we see articles uh, about law enforcement, it's nice the behind the scenes, they're also spending time uh, with us uh, working on the DAC and DAC tasking groups. Excellent. All right, so this comes uh, from the business wire. and UAVionics, uh, somebody that we've talked about for a while, um, they were one of the initial, uh, I would say, advocates for remote ID. Uh, they are part of the com- commercial, at least they were, if they still are, I, I haven't checked, but uh, were a part of the Commercial Drone Alliance. Um, they uh, produced the Ping, um, which was thought to be you know one of the first solutions for a remote id uh which was about a five i think it was a five gram uh adsb unit obviously we now know that adsb will not be the solution of choice for remote id um however uh they have received a department of defense aim certification for their uh friend or foe transmitter um I'm not going to go super into depth on this. Uh, this would be a military grade application for drones. And uh, um, let's see. So it's a friend or foe, uh, basically transponder. Um, and it's basically going in as uh, the smallest, lightest, and most powerful solution uh, to uh, come out for a military grade application for a friend or foe transponder. Um, in the X jet, in the case of drones, it always says foe because <laughs> the papers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, so it enables a uh, friend or foe capability for small and tactical group UAS. Thanks for record breaking swap technology. It comes in at 60 grams and a power consumption of 3.5 Watts. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, it's very interesting that, uh, you know, for me, UAV Onics is, is both in the, uh, seems to be in the commercial and the DOD space. Um, this right here, uh, Ooh, that's a, cool a volcanic idea. eruption in, uh, Iceland. So, uh, yeah. this comes from the BBC. Uh, just pop this on here. Real oh, quick. That's not the cool oh. video. That's not the FPV it's one. Not... Okay, find me the FPV one, Dan. <laughs> Have you seen that one where the DJI FPV drone flies and like through the eruption? I think I saw parts of it, uh, but I didn't see the full thing. But uh, still pretty cool uh, either way. Let's see if you can find me the video, uh, and I'll definitely play it. Um, XJet uh, Freewell have just announced that they're adding lava filters. <laughs> 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 All right, so while uh, Dan's finding that one, this is one that I am 
Well, how about uh, pronoun, try, how about trying to pronounce the name of that volcano? Yeah, no, not going to try that. <laughs> <laughs> so many consonants together. Oh, jeez. Yeah, someone explained so, it really simple. It's like beautiful forest park, like three words mushed together in their language, and it just excellent. it works great. Uh, but if you don't know Icelandic, yeah. yeah, yeah, no. So one of, uh, I think is, there were two videos, but this this is one of them. Uh, did you link it there? It's in the chat. Oh, perfect. Okay, cool. Um, let me. Sounds like yeah, in Wales. Oh, yeah. Yep. Let's see. That's a. I think that's a, a YouTube link. Need. What? <laughs> no, that's not what I need. I want this link. Copy link. There we go. There we go. Oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah, I've seen parts of this. Yeah, like somebody else. I think Bruce even said this. Now I'm just waiting for a volcano near me so I can use my DJI drone. Right. <laughs> but this shot right oh, there. Jeez. Oh, oh. I'm telling you, if you're willing to sacrifice a drone, though, diving into that thing would be cool. <laughs> All right, so let me pause that. Uh, this is one that I am waiting. Uh, I've been waiting for, for a, a long time. Um, NASA preps the for the first Martian drone helicopter oh, flight. Oh, yeah. Have they not done that flight, flight yet? No, they have not. So uh, NASA ma uh, plans to make its first attempt to fly the Ingenuity Mars helicopter no earlier than April 8th, making it the first controlled flight of an aircraft um, on another planet. Currently, the four-pound rotorcraft remains attached to the belly of NASA's Perseverance rover, which touched down on Mars on February 18th. Earlier this week, the rover deployed the guitar case-shaped graphite composite debris shield that protected ingenuity during landing. Perseverance is in transit on Mars to a flat area where it will attempt to fly. When deployed, ingenuity will have 30 Martian days to conduct its test flight. Um, so, super interested on this. Um... Yeah, I think it's got a super short uh, flight time, and you want to talk about a uh, some lag going on with uh, <laughs> control there. Uh, that's going to be some uh, impressive uh, signal quality there. So fully autonomous. No, All right. No, no, yeah, no lag. Ten ten minute uh, cycle on that. Uh, it's going to be crazy. Ninety Earth seconds. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but Martian minutes are shorter than Earth minutes. This is... <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. That's awesome. Uh, so uh, NASA said flying on Mars is harder than on Earth because the red planet has significant gravity, but its atmosphere is just 1% as dense as Earth's at the surface. During the day, the surface receives only about half the amount of solar energy that reaches the Earth during the day and nighttime uh, can drop as low as 90 degrees. So this has been very unusual and uh, I got some kind of yeah, weird is that sound coming from you? computer. <laughs> oh, there we go. Let yeah. me just close that. Um, as with everything with the helicopter, this type of deployment has never been done before. Um, all activities are closely coordinated, irreversible, and dependent on each other. If there's even a hint that something isn't going as expected, we may decide to hold off for a soul or more until we have a better idea of what's going on. Deployment will take about six days with the team on Earth activating a bolt-breaking device that releases a locking mechanism to hold the helicopter in place during launch and landing. 
So those will be explosive bolts. So chances that that will go as planned. Um, let's see. Next, a cable cutting pyrotechnic device will be used, and a mechanized arm that holds ingenuity will begin rotating, begin rotating the helicopter out of its horizontal position, allowing the drone to extend to its four landing legs. On the third day of deployment, a small electric motor will finish rotating Ingenuity, bringing the helicopter vertical. And on the fourth day, the final two landing legs will snap into position. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Doing this over days would absolutely. Yeah, I like I don't have any hair, but I'd pull what's left of it out. So who's going to edit this into something that we can actually watch in an hour? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? Uh, once we cut the cord with pers perseverance and drop those final five inches to the surface... We want to have our big friend drive away as quickly as possible so we can get the sun rays on our solar panel and begin recharging our batteries. Um, and on the final day, the team will confirm that all four legs are on the Martian surface, that the rover did drive about 16 feet away, and that the, both the helicopter and the rover are communicating via onboard radios. God help me, I hope they all practice this about 500,000 times here on Earth. Because um, <laughs> I want this to be amazing. Um so, uh, yeah, this is this is gonna be something I watch uh, with uh, bated breath to to make sure this goes well. Um, and all the power to the folks at NASA to get this get this done and make it awesome. So, is that a coaxial uh, rotorcraft? What what's that? Is that a coaxial rotorcraft I'm seeing there? Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. Hmm. And uh, I know its prop is relatively large uh just because to deal with the significant significantly less uh atmospheric uh density Tech so shed, i'm pretty sure they're outside the faa's uh right here <laughs> yeah i don't think uh well you know there's nobody you know no airplanes to run into so you know it's fine everything's fine <laughs> all right clear so it, clear it by uh tesla first Right. They didn't, so, give a, they didn't give a dimension on the uh, on the props, did they? Or not in this article. Um, I think I've seen it in another one. Um, but I've I've brought up uh, ingenuity a couple of times uh, here in the show, um, yeah. just because I'm super excited about it. So, have you heard about uh, Dragon Dragonfly? No, uh, length about a meter. Oh, yeah. for, for those of us in SAE, 39.37 inches. Hmm. All right. Yes. Yep. Yeah, Aubrey. Yeah. All right. So um, that's all uh, on the news today. Uh, so some interesting stuff and uh, some exciting stuff and some strange stuff. So uh, kind of fits the, the categories of all the things. Uh, Dan, uh, how are we doing on our trust application? Yeah, that was one piece of news we could share that we have sent in an email to the FAA applying for our to be a trust administrator or what do they call it? The TA of trust or something like that. Um, and a couple days later, we received an email just saying we received your application and, uh, what it they are oh, the application process is open till the end of the month and then i think by the end of april they'll let us know you know if we've been selected and how to continue from there 
So not a whole lot of awesome. information. We we filled out the form, we sent it to them, they got it, and they say they will respond someday. <laughs> <laughs> the old wait and see. But it is nice and that they did the reply things... to let us know that they did get our message. Yeah. And the type of uh, questioning system, SCORM, is it? Or what's the, uh, the technology? A SCORM compliant learning management system. Correct. They'll create so... this file which has all the questions in it send it to us and then our learning management system has to know how to read that file and make it into a test so this is an interesting calling for you know if someone wants to just be a uh, an administrator of the knowledge uh, exam they need to have uh, skills in, in this technology and we're fortunate uh, thanks with uh, dan's skills that we do so mm -hmm. uh, we'll, we'll see what happens and it's also uh, be interesting to see who who else uh, submits an application, uh, and the the test will be free, and um, it's a take it once and uh, that's it Never for life. Yep. Yeah, and it's uh, you won't fail, and so it had to be called a test, <laughs> but it's uh, you know it's not a tough test. So uh, <laughs> it's a thing that we wanted to uh, to offer and to make it easier uh, for our members and uh, our non-members, and so we'll. Uh, We'll see how this goes. Oh, the other yeah. thing is I think if we are selected, we'll probably know ahead of time, but we can't say anything until the FAA announces who all has been selected. Yep. Normal. Yeah. So, so uh, this has been a process for over a year now, uh, going through this process with them. Uh, yeah. Not the application, yeah. but, you know, we were involved in the first round kind of fact-finding um, meetings and and whatnot oh, did so, they call them cohort meetings or something like that yeah yeah pre-pandemic yeah. january 14 2020 we were in dc yeah, yeah. With, uh, 11 other companies yeah i think uh drl was there uh was horizon there uh Embry horizon riddle was there Embry riddle king hobbies um uh drone institute i believe pilot uh, institute Camper, or drone institute. yeah, yeah. I'm now, and yeah, now now can't remember the rest of the folks uh, sitting <laughs> yeah. around the table. It was about time ago. fifteen of them. It was, it was yeah. a lifetime ago. Yeah. So X just uh, uh, joking about the DJI FPV drone, but I could totally see that they would put this test in either the app or in the goggles or something, and you'd have to pass this test or something before you you can fly. Yeah, DJI has been known to do it. So. Um, all right, and Dave, any updates from the DAC? Uh, the uh, the next uh, Drone Advisory Committee will be on or around uh, 23 June, and uh, uh, we'll be presenting uh, the DAC tasking group number nine, which is in, how do we improve situational awareness for both manned and unmanned and uh, at low altitudes. And so uh, good piece of work. We're in uh, the third subgroup, which uh, was tasked to think out of the box. And so I'm, uh, it's a, a great group of people we're working with, and we've got uh, recommendations we're working on now, and they're tuning, vetting charts, and uh, written report. So we'll get that uh, whipped up. In addition, the, uh, the next uh, DAC tasking group is uh, kicked off. And uh, interestingly, I have uh, some some skills that can uh, play in this one, and that's uh, four year or four four decades of uh, corporate experience in management. And this tasking group is 
recommend to the FAA what the uh, aviation community and the FAA might consider uh, for changes to be more uh, uh, gender neutral in our language. And uh, so this to me is a very positive thing. I have the uh, privilege of uh, tutoring a friend of the family, a, a little girl who is um, seven years old in math. And uh, it's great to see uh, the world through the eyes of, uh, of kids. So to me, um, a lot of the, what we're working on uh, in things that are uh, gender neutral are encouraging uh, particularly young women and girls to think about STEM education and STEM careers. So it's, it's a touchy subject and uh, there'll be a lot of uh, comments, I'm sure, uh, but this is uh, an area that's serious and it'll help uh, uh, daughters and granddaughters and, uh, and women throughout. So this is, a, this is a good project. Excellent. All right, so uh, I think that's all I've got. Um, I do want to thank Dan and Dave and Alex for taking over the last town hall meeting. I had uh, some personal business come up at literally the last second. That was unexpected, and uh, they uh, took over for me without a hitch. So uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I know that was probably a little stressful. So Don't get uh, used to it. <laughs> <laughs> we hey, appreciate you, you even more, Josh. I yeah, know exactly. <laughs> hey, I love doing these these uh, town halls. So, uh, but I do appreciate you uh, jumping in. I, I I really kind of pushed it to the last second. Like, can I do it? Can I do it? I'm not sure. I'm just gonna. I can't do it. So I got to text Dave. So, um, but I love doing these guys. So, um, I want to be here with you guys and and going over this stuff. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. So, uh, but thank you for doing that. All right. So I'm going to open it up to comments or questions. If anybody's got any comments, questions, ideas, concerns, thoughts. What are we expecting from next today? from the FAA that we need to worry about? Uh, I think the big things that uh, we'd be looking out for is number one, the recreational exam. And when that goes live, uh, the biggest thing I think I'm looking forward to is CBOs and uh, when they determine uh, yeah, what the that process, process is going to be. Yeah. And, so, and beyond line of sight regulations. Yes. Uh, those would all be um, things there. It's so, soon, imminent, right around yeah. the corner. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I did see that, and, and I know this has gone kind of back and forth uh, a couple of times. And Dave, you might be able to help me with this, but I did see an article that says they did postpone by a couple of days, the um, regulations going into effect for remote ID and flight over people. And I know we talked about this before. And then like I saw an article from like two days ago saying that they have. So yeah, we talked about it a little bit last meeting, I think when you weren't and there. One of the, uh, the, uh, the FAA folks said that they, it's a 36 day delay and the endpoints are not delayed. And so they just, compressed the uh, that interim period okay. and so and it did strike me as how do you do that when the effective dates were targeted to this start date and then you count 30 months or n number of months and that's the effective date and so the way they got around that was well the official announcement date was they didn't move that they just created mm -hmm. some delays within the system so gotcha uh, that was so there was there was a delay and that also put off um, 
the the one that was annoying uh, to folks. Flight over there people. Was flight over people, and also that allowed for the renewal of Part 107. Mm-hmm. And so, if you have a Part 107, now you can do it online, and the and the price is zero, which is a very nice thing. Yeah. So that's a that's an improvement. And that gets to Bruce's um, question asking about how's the renewals for registration going, and how there was that sort of a, a little bit of a window where they weren't sure if you could get your part 107 or get your renewal and the whole delay was yeah, part so the, of that. So the renewal, the renewals of recreation as well as 107 are not going well. It's at about 50%. So this is, this is not good. Um, the FAA has uh, pointed to a number of potential uh, reasons for this, but it's uh, absolutely a, uh, I was going to say, uh, unless you're Bruce, yeah, and then you think uh, it is I'm good. Right. <laughs> Depends on yeah, which I mean, side you're on. A, it's a double-edged sword, I think. You know, I mean, for for one one perspective that I have is that the less renewals you have, uh, the more I think the FAA could get away with not respecting the opinions of recreational people because they can point to the data and say nobody's registering. That means we don't have as many recreational flyers as we thought therefore you know we can just focus on dealing with these companies and organizations and corporations and that kind of stuff which is not the path that we want to go down on the flip side i think that you know people not registering is kind of like a you know a a snub to the faa i get it um i know that people are still a little upset uh, regarding remote ID. Um, and I don't begrudge anybody that, but at the same time, you know, we need to be careful on, on what that means for the FAA and how their interaction with our community, uh, can be taken. So, you know, it it is a double-edged sword. I, at least I see it. Um, you know, if I'm wrong or you feel I'm wrong, let me know, you know? So, um, it's just a thought. So, um, Let's see what else we have. John Polo asks, when is the new information, questions on night flying and flights over people being included in the Part 107 test? I was pretty sure that was going to be included as of March 16, and so that might get pushed uh, 36 days, but it's in the next batch, and so it's either now or within uh, approximately one month from now. All right, so we have part 107 renewal is 160 bucks, and the full test, that's the problem. Uh, I was under the impression with the new stuff that they were including in there, the recurrent was going to be free, yes? Correct. Recurrent. Okay. The renewal is free. The 107 is still 160. Yeah, the initial 107. Initial, yeah. and, and the renewal is, uh, as of today, it, you know that's true, but it, it within a small number of weeks, the renewal will be free and available online all right uh i'm not getting any audio i hope this everything's can everybody still hear me yeah we can still hear you i think i lost everybody i'm gonna keep talking and if i see (laughs) your face moving then i'll stop talking um so bruce says but the value of drone flyer voices is already highly discounted we exceed manned aviation but have far less say um, I would agree to a certain point, but at the same time, I think that uh, I was very um, heartened to see all of the positive comments that we got in relation to um, the comments on the NPRM for Remote ID. So I feel like 
you know, the 50,000, you know, comments that not only us, but everybody submitted, I feel like um, our voices were heard. And I feel like that's the kind of response that we as a community need to have on everything that is put forth that engage, uh, endangers and engages with our hobby. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, we need to let them know. So um, I feel like that response, while it was highly organized among you know, several different uh, FPV communities, including ours, um, and several different uh, um, Part 107 operator communities. Um, I think that kind of, uh, you know, collaborative effort needs to be for everything that the FAA puts out for us. Um, let's see. Bureau cats will tell you what you want to hear. It's what they do, not what they say. And that's very true, you know? And again, you know, I feel like this time around, I feel like what they did was a lot better uh, than what they initially said. So um, let's see. Um, anybody else have any questions, comments, concerns, anything else they want to bring up? Oh, I see what you're saying, TextJet. So what that what I meant is that it used to be the renewal costs 160 had to take the test. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think at the same time we're we're talking about not only that but um, the uh, renewal uh, of um, the hobbyist registration. So I'm gonna right. hang on. Right. I, I think he's. Oh, and we lost. He's gonna see uh... if he can get his audio back. Would be my guess. All right. Back. I got everybody. Woohoo. You can hear us again? Yes. Excellent. Turn on my camera and there's here. There's the video back. So, yay! All right, let's see. Um, yeah, as we were talking part 107 and we were talking recreational. I apologize for the confusion text yet. Let's see. Um, all right, what else? Anybody else have anything? Feel free to speak up. Yep. All right. Well, um, seems like ever since you... we've started putting our faces on here, people don't want to talk in the chat anymore, in the audio. <laughs> I don't know well, why. Well, I mean, it's weird because we were recording them before, and the only difference the is, is that scary. our faces are on the screen. <laughs> Nobody else's is, right? So, uh, you know, feel free to speak up, guys. It's not. You know, it's supposed well, to be a well, community meeting. It's, we're supposed to be talking back and forth, and if we got questions, absolutely. we're supposed to answer them. But, um, and we want to hear from you. Uh, that's uh, that's <laughs> yeah. definitely uh, Text an important jet, You're somewhat for us. right. There, people are just tired of FAA and regulations, and just want to ignore it and go fly. Yes, but at the same time, you know, I don't want anybody uh, getting in trouble for something simple. So. Um, I do highly, highly recommend that you uh, at least fly safely. Um, all right. So uh, with that, guys, uh, thank you for coming this evening. Um, I know I call this a show, but as Dan Dan said, uh, we do want this to be a community interactive uh, kind of session. So if you've got questions, if you've got comments, bring them. Um, 
we're never opposed to talking about anything here uh, as it relates to FPV and the FPV community. So uh, we thank you for joining. Um, again, thank you to the guys for taking over for me last week. And uh, thank you for um, your support. And uh, we'll see you uh, in another couple of weeks. Yep. See you guys Have all in great. two weeks. Have a great night, guys. Bye. Thank you. Take care.